Put more clothes on that girl. I'm Sam. And I'm Tyler. Oh, shit, I gotta say my thing, right? Crom! That's even better than doing it right. <laughs> and this is Conan the Destroyer. You're listening to Stinker Madness. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the bad movie podcast for bad movie lovers. I am your host, Sam, and with me today is Tyler. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing fantastic. I just watched Conan, so it's like, what is the day going to get any better? No, it's already peaked. So, did you watch Conan on your VHS tape? No, because the new TV that I have doesn't have the old, you know, the RCA inputs. Yeah. So it's like I could sit out in the garage with my old CRT TV and like watch it out here, but I was like, eh, I'll just, I'll just rent it. That's only well, you get to see the the other sides of the movie that aren't there on the VHS. Oh yeah, I know too. it's crazy because it's like ultra widescreen. Yeah, it's cinemascope. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was impressive. So which version did you, we can find out which version of it you saw. I have the special edition of Conan the Barbarian, and one of its special features is you get this movie too, but it doesn't have any featurettes or anything because it wasn't really a big success. Um, and I have the American version, which has a little bit more blood, and you know the difference because if it was the European version, he doesn't get to punch the camel. Did he punch the camel in your version? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, to jump right into the boring bullshit or the film study of this episode, Richard Fleischer had replaced John Milius, the director of the original Conan, because uh, Milius was doing Red Dawn. That was a good choice. I was really going to just be like, he was unavailable to Dino De Laurentiis because he never wanted to work for Raffaella again. I, do you know anything about Raffaella De Laurentiis? No, not at all. She shows up the second that you're like one minute over schedule and starts screaming at you and tearing pages out of the script that you are not allowed to shoot now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't want to work with her either. The... Uh, commentary on the original Conan is one of the best times ever watching it with John Milius and Schwarzenegger talking about the film. Schwarzenegger is a really charming fellow. Uh, they didn't have anything. They didn't say anything bad about her. They were like, Oh, you know, the people say that they're, they're difficult and they are, you know, they have their quirks, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't badmouth the uh, De Laurentiis like most people will like David Lynch will say that he contemplated suicide while making Dune basically. Yeah, and I contemplated suicide by watching Dune, so. <laughs> you know there's like a four-hour version of it out there somewhere. Great. <laughs> the uh, the Zack Snyder's Dune. I haven't seen that yet. I'm, I'm hearing 
I'm getting I'm getting mixed reports on it. Oh uh, yeah. Well, let's let's start from there because the only reason I watched Zach, I I basically protested Zack Snyder's Justice League because I don't think anyone ever should make a four hour movie. I'm of a wholly different opinion. I have Dawn of Justice, the long version, and I think it's much better. So the only reason that I sat down to watch it is because I got my second COVID shot and it knocked me on my ass and I was laying on the couch and I was like, well, I guess I probably have four hours of feeling miserable. Why don't I watch this movie? So I watched it. And then when I watched uh, when I watched Conan today, I realized I was like, oh my God, this is, this is Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it's an hour and a half long. Think about it. Conan's Batman. He assembles a team. They take down a monster to save the the world from falling apart. It's the exact same movie, but it's half as long. That's crazy. The exact same movie. Also, then I'm going to give a Batman tie-in. The guy that's not John Milius' surfer friend that was awesome in the first Conan, his new sidekick is Tracy Walter from Repo Man, but he's also Bob in the Batman. Ba- I know. It, yeah. It, I when I finally put that together after watching both of these movies religiously as a kid, and when I finally realized that was the same guy, it blew my mind. What a character so you, actor! You like this one, then, huh? I prefer this one to Conan the Barbarian, and I know that we've had uh, had at, at least one, if not two, uh, half drunken arguments over which one is better. Yes, and I and Justin likes the first one, but he is not with me. I consider the first one to be as close a thing to a masterpiece as John Melius ever made. <laughs> I mean, it's got James Earl Jones turning into a snake. It's got uh, witches' titties and sex with witches, and it also, uh, you know, it's it's definitely much darker. It's got. I mean, he dies and comes back from the dead. Like, other than RoboCop, when does that happen in a movie from the 80s, you know? Yeah. And odd that in this movie, he's like, you can bring back the dead? And it's like, you that happened to you in the last movie, and your best friend can do it. <laughs> That's true. It is the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, Mako is returning, but that's it. Just him and Mako come back. Actually, Sven Ole Thorsen comes back as one of the warriors, and they have to put him in a mask because he clearly was a different guy who died in the first one. <laughs> uh, so they couldn't get Melius, which is probably fine and good, because I don't think Red Dawn is all that fine a film. I revisited it about 10 years ago, and it's got some real problems like – the wheels sort of came off Melius around this time and his career went like sputtered and did weird things. And then he was the sort of, I believe he was the executive producer on the Rome series, but he got kicked off that somehow too. Well, that series uh, definitely needed the lady that cuts uh, pages out of your script when you're uh, taking too long and going over budget. Raffaella. Yeah. Yeah. She, she got, uh, Decided to break back into filmmaking with Backdraft 2, which is a steaming turd. Uh, I didn't it's, even know they made a Backdraft 2, so I can imagine. <laughs> it's like direct to Netflix or something. It was bad. It wasn't even direct to Netflix. Like, Netflix didn't pay for it. They're just like, uh, we'll put it on here. I guess nobody else will put this movie on because it's such a pile of shit. Yeah. But. They're like, we'll give you 10 bucks for the rights to stream it. 
the first movie made $40 million, which is a pretty big smash at the box office for the time. And Dino was like, well, shit, it would have made way more money had it been PG, which is not the case because it made as much money as it did because of how gory and dark and there wasn't anything really like it before. That's kind of what made it a hit. So he wanted to hearken back to the sword and sandal movies that are total bullshit to try to get the PG rating. And it's sort of ex post facto. They had an R rating on this and then they recut it. And it didn't make more money. It made less money, which is like what happens every time a producer does that. They're always like, oh, it'll make more money if we crap it up. And it never does. It's so weird. I on the other side of that, though, I will say that my four year old loved this movie i i can see that there were a couple parts that she was scared at all the comedic relief parts got a uh, big out loud laughs uh from a four-year-old so so dino did what he set out to do i guess it's too bad that four-year-olds <laughs> can't drive themselves to the movies and buy tickets <laughs> i mean there was still some scary stuff in there there like um the monster that well, let's not jump ahead. We'll get to it when we get there. But. Yeah. So uh, some of the stuff that got cut was the gore. Um, the movie, I don't think, really would have been any better, though. They did cut a sex scene between Sarah Douglas and Schwarzenegger. I didn't know about that until today. And apparently, they cut a sex scene between Sarah Douglas and that statue as well. Whoa. Which I think would have really elevated this film for me. She was the queen? Yeah. I want to see that cut. I really do, too. <laughs> I really want to see that scene. It's not on my... There's no bonus features on the disc of this <laughs> one, because all the bonus features are on the other. Did uh, that will bring me to Olivia Diabo, the blonde girl who's the niece, and I guess princess? Yeah. We'll have to get to that question later as well. So, do you know who Mike Diabo is? Uh, no. Her husband? Her father oh. was in the band Manfred Mann. Oh. Yeah. Like the uh, Blinded by the Light, the Str Springsteen cover? That's the song that they did? This is the part where neither one of us can name a Manfred Mann song, even though they had a bunch of good tunes that get confused for Beatles or Kinks because they're early... They're in that early period of uh, British invasion. Yeah, they uh, they did the uh, they popularized that early Springsteen song, the "Blinded by the Light," wrapped up like a deuce, another runner in the night. But you know, of course, every kid that ever hears it uh, obviously mistakes it for douche. Uh huh. And I think that's that is what they're actually saying in it. It was like a wink, wink to each other. They're like. But I would, that was more of a shock. I only found out maybe 10 years ago that that's a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, I didn't know that. I also didn't know... What is the... The only Eagles song I like is written by Tom Waits. Oh, which one's that? I can't, I can't tell you right now. I don't like it that much. Oh. This is the part where we talk about music and can't remember anything. I don't know. I can, I can name you at least 20 Eagles songs that I like. But I didn't know any okay. of them were written by... <laughs> Tom Waits. Old 45, I think, is what it's called. Something oh, okay. like that. okay. It's like some weird deep cut on like their second or third album or something. Probably. So, 
having covered the nuts and bolts of this, let's get into this thing. Conan the Destroyer. First guy we see is Wilt the Stilt. Incredible that they got Wilt Chamberlain to be in this movie and that they found a horse strong enough that Wilt Chamberlain could ride it. Apparently, Sven Ole Thorson, he's 6'4", but when, at the time that these movies were shot, he was so stacked that he weighed 304 pounds, so they had to find him a big horse, too. Jeez. I mean, the cast in this movie is pretty incredible. Like, they they got some people from all sorts of... I mean, you've got, like, coked-out 70s disco, like... Uh, you know, disco queens in it. You've got NBA all-star basketball players that claim to have slept with over 10,000 women. Uh-huh. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, you know. you Basically I'm gonna, in, wait, the, I'm gonna in save... a diaper the entire movie. He's in like a fur there's diaper. One, <laughs> there's one point that he has some corduroy pants under that diaper. Oh, I missed it. When they're in the when they when they're in the part with the where she puts the diamond in the thing and it opens up, oh. he's got pants on that. And they're just like corduroy pants, but he's got barbarian boots and uh, his man diapers, so you can't tell, I guess. Oh, that's the the future hipster look. That'll that's going to be the look you're going to see walking down the street or at record shops here in about two or three years. When the hipsters have, they're like, "Well, logger lumberjacks aren't tough enough. We need to dress <laughs> like barbarians." And then the other, there'll be a rift. The other half is going to split off and dress like pirates. And then I'll just never be able to go to a bar again. <laughs> um, the, the way that this movie starts out with that, like, you know, that beautiful uh, shot of the red, you know, it's like, a, it's just the red distant shot. And then the, the like the cinematic score mm. in this movie just gets, starts off on such a perfect tone. You know, you get those big drums right as the horses ride across the, uh, you know, into view, and it's like I'm, I'm about it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm in. But they lifted most of the score from the last movie. Yeah, well, it still works great. It does. Um. So yeah, we get what the still, and the we see. Uh, Malik, who's Tracy Walter from Repo Man, and he's the new sidekick, and Conan's praying to a rock, and then some guys come to capture them, and then we see the full effectiveness of Nets in battle. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and how surrounding someone and going in at them one at a time is definitely the most effective way to, uh, to capture someone. Is take everyone take your turn. Don't get in each other's way. One of you will get him eventually. The, the, With the thing, a net, maybe. <laughs> yeah. The thing that like kind of was blowing me away at this. It's like you see these guys riding horses. They've got these big heavy metal helmets on. They're in all of this fur and leather and armor, and they seem like they're dressed for one kind of temperature. And um, and then Conan's in uh. A little, uh, you know, a little fur uh, booty cover, and he's glistening in sweat like it's blazing hot out. It's like, what is the temperature at this location? It's either like thirty degrees or one hundred and five degrees. You can't tell. 
I, yeah, I'm, I didn't look up the filming location. I'm guessing they shot a lot of it in Italy. They probably shot all over the place, but they're either really hot or really cold because those costumes are unfit for any temperature. (laughs) Uh, With the nets, at one point, a net is somewhat effective, but not really. Because Malik gets bonked on the head and then they kind of net him a little bit and then he falls on the net. So it's like he's netted, I guess. But they never get Conan with the net. It's just far too ineffective. And after a bunch of... He ends up... There's a couple of guys that are just sitting around on their horses just kind of watching. Yeah, just watching. He just runs up and stabs them. Well, you know, it wasn't their turn yet. And if it's not your turn to ride in and go there, you just kind of have to stand and watch no matter what's happening. Those are the rules of combat in um, in the Dark Ages or whenever this is supposed to have taken place. I think this is... Have you ever, have you ever read any Conan, the uh, comic graphic novel series? No. Or novel series? I know a little bit about it. I don't think it's Earth. There's like aliens and zombies. There's crazy shit in Conan. Yeah. Well, I mean, it explains a lot. Uh, after these guys can't net Conan, uh, Wilt Chamberlain uses like a bolo whistle to get everybody to stop. And then Sarah Douglas is like, I need your help. And he's like, why did you make me kill all your men? (laughs) But then like, he just immediately, uh, you know, he sees the vision of Valeria and he's just like, uh, he's just immediately. Okay. He's like, yeah, all right, let's do this. I don't care. I'll follow you. Even though you just tried to kill and capture me. Like, yeah, I guess I'll follow you. He's like, no, fuck off. And then she's like, I can bring back the dead. And he's like, you can. And I'm like, so can your buddy Mako. And he's like, I'm in. You're like, well, that was easy to talk you into this. Also, your friend is better at this. Probably. Also, the other cut that I want to see of this movie is just all the different shots of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, reacting and staring like it would probably be at least 10 minutes long of just him like with confused looks on his face like staring off into the distance like i mean it if if anything like conan definitely looks like a badass but he doesn't look like he can do simple like addition and subtraction no not really it's strange throughout both of the schwaz conan movies you get parts where he lets other people do the thinking and other parts where he's like, hey, dummy, this is common sense. And you're like, oh, Conan, the thinking man. <laughs> but yeah, for whatever reason, he just, you know, I guess he he loved uh, Valeria so much that, um, you know, he couldn't just go back to the wizard and ask him to bring her back. He thought he'd go with uh, this very evil queen looking lady. And there's definitely not a trap happening here. No, there's not. And I think in the first one, they say something. Mako says as much about the snake wizard poison is that he's not going to be able to do shit about it. Oh. So she's just all the way dead. But he's uh, chasing rainbows with Sarah Douglas here. She brings him back to the castle, puts on a pretty hot little number, and then does a bunch of exposition and as much exposition as she can get going with this dialogue. Yeah. And then they drink some Kool-Aid, some bright red Kool-Aid. She does start to molest the statue a little bit here, but then the sort of scene cuts. And what I am hoping, if I ever find this deleted scene, that what's happened in this scene 
is that she just starts getting randy with this statue and then conan has enough wine while he's watching it he's like shit tag me in statue <laughs> and then they just bang on the statue i it probably doesn't go like that but i would like it if it did yeah i'm mildly turned on by thinking about it <laughs> Then we see Olivia Diabo in not enough clothes. No. The reason uh, I'm saying that. Because she's a teenager. She's probably 14, maybe 15. When they shoot this, put more clothes on her. Not okay. This is just the shit that used to fly in the 70s and 80s. My God. Uh, the other thing is, okay, he... She says that, like, when she's telling the fable, it's like a queen or like a, someone is born with a certain mark and uh, and that, you know, they'll have to be sacrificed. And or actually, she holds off on the sacrificial bit. But, like, do we ever see the mark that's on her? What is she was she alludes that she was born with a certain mark and that yeah. she's the only one that can do it. But what's the mark? Later in the film, they have like a red spot on her boobie, making it worse again because they're like, one, you didn't put enough on here, and two, you're directly drawing attention to those things. Stop it. Well, I don't know how I missed that because that's directly where my attention was going every time they were in a shot. Now the FBI is listening. <laughs> So, they kind of say, okay, you're going to have to go get this thing, da-da-da-da, and she puts her back to sleep and then doesn't even leave the room and just like, okay, well, here's the double cross. You're going to, you know, use Conan until you get the thing and then kill him and then bring her back and then we'll get her to, you know, wake up the statue that I want to have sex with and then we're going to kill her. And he's like, okay. And he stinks pretty bad in this scene. He's noticeably the worst actor in a group of character actors and non-actors. Yeah. I mean, but he was so good at basketball, you kind of just let it slide a little bit. I let it slide because everything else that's happening around him really isn't a whole lot better. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I mean, yeah, compared to what is is around, I mean, this isn't like the Royal uh, Shakespeare Theater Festival of london or wherever that would be yeah so i'm gonna uh, ask a question now is it a double cross or is it just a cross uh it's like kind of one of those things where if you don't tell your wife that you cheated on her and she doesn't ask so you're never directly saying it you know it's like you're not really lying to her that you didn't cheat because it hasn't come up you know, even if you still cheated. Sorry to sound like a slime bucket here, you know, but it's like one of those, like, if they don't ask and you don't tell them, you're not really lying. You're just kind of leaving out a, a part of the information. So in this episode, you're teaching people how to stare at underage tits without touching them and how to cheat on your wife. Well, I mean, you can take that for, uh, you know, whatever direction you want to go with it. But yeah. <laughs> You know, you're not lying if they don't ask you about a thing that you didn't tell them about. 
it raises another question. Is a double cross really a double cross? Is this just a thing that we say all the time? Because like a double cross would be like, okay, tell them we're doing this, but then like cross them by betraying them. But then to double cross them, wouldn't you have to like unbetray them? Well, the, I get the double cross is when they send the uh, the the kings and queens that are the queens guards after them. That's the double cross. That's the first cross, though. I don't know. I don't understand the double cross. Maybe that's it. Either way, they're questing now. Yep. Now we now we got to form uh, the Justice League. Uh huh. So there's a little bit of the Lord of the Rings action happening, riding around on horses. Yeah. Just traveling slowly places. Yep. Uh, do they get to a whole nother town? For Grace Jones, or is it no, just outside no, no, the no, no? They they get uh they get the wizard first. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the Flash of the Justice League. Yeah, and there's a clear decapitation in this scene, which is PG. This PG scene with a man's head flying, flying through, the, through air the air with blood coming out of its neck. Also, what a shitty wizard. Like, he got picked up by these guys who are obviously morons, who don't have any weapons, and all they do is run and yell at you with their hands up in the air. Like, when Conan comes running in to save him, they just all go, and run run at him with their hands in the air, and he just starts, like, slaying them with his sword. It's like, how did this powerful wizard get caught by these guys? In the first one, he's just kind of, pointed out that he's kind of a shitty wizard. That's the thing with uh, with Akiro, which is the character's name for Mako, is that I think he's just not the greatest wizard, which is why Conan's friends with him, because Conan doesn't like wizards to begin with. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only guy that he's not scared of uh, doing magic because uh, uh, he's not good at it, I guess. Yet he can bring people back from the dead, and when it's time to actually battle another wizard, he always kicks their ass. Yeah, but for mo- I guess for the most part, he really just kind of stands around and says stuff every once in a while. Yeah. But- and likes palling around with Conan. That's like, hey, Conan hates Wizard, but this guy's a good buddy, so whatever. I don't blame him. I would like palling around with Conan, too. Yeah. But yeah, then we get to uh, we get to the 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 city. We get to the next one. I guess this is the uh, Wonder Woman of the Justice League. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, Grace Jones um, kicking ass in a tiny little outfit. PG, her whole butt is showing. Yeah. Whole butt. And there's a part later on when the fight where she gets lifted up into the air and there's basically a string covering up um, uh, uh, some orifices and that's about it. Yeah, her titty comes out, I think, at least once, too. I will say that uh, you- my daughter did. She goes, is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> nice. And I was like, it's a girl. And she's like, but she has such short hair. And I was like, yeah, sometimes girls have short hair. So we're look, we're learning lessons. Teachable lessons for children uh-huh. are in Conan. Did you know where Dolph Lundgren came from? Like... Uh, the country? How a, like, I think he's a physicist or something like that. He's he's a really highly educated person and a uh, 
physical trainer, but how he got into Hollywood. Did you, do you know the story? I of that? do not. He was Grace Jones's bodyguard and boyfriend. Oh, interesting. It is interesting. I bet they had some crazy sex. <laughs> I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. Yeah, some cra- crazy nights out on the town with the two of them. Hey. I I would enjoy having been a part of that entourage. So after she he Conan cuts her loose, she kicks everybody's ass, and then they leave that city. Were they there for any specific reason, or were they just passing through? I think they're just passing through. Okay. And then she's following them, and uh, Wilt tries to get rid of her quite unsuccessfully. First, she jousts him off of the horse. Eventually, he cuts her bow down, but then she jumps on him and starts headbutting him repeatedly. Yeah. Well, she does have that little plastic helmet on, you know, so. Yeah. He's not doing a good job fighting her. That's the the thing. If he's this huge warrior, he's she's she must be really kick ass because he's having no success fighting her at all. Yeah, there are a lot of moments in uh, in this movie where it's like someone has the prime opportunity to kill someone, and this being one of them. Where once he cuts the bow down, she rides directly at him on the horse. And then he's holding a sword, and as she gets close to him, he drops it, reaches his hands up, and she jumps into his arms. <laughs> they were trying to do the lift from Dirty Dancing, but they couldn't get it right either. <laughs> but now, uh, now, now she she joins up. She, uh, although I will say it's one of the best lines in the whole thing. She said, "If Conan will let me ride with him, I would give my life for him." And he just goes, "We shall see." With a smile, and it's like, come on, that's a great line. Yeah, it is. And also, like, he delivers the lines in this. Like, his his maturity as an actor, even though this is early in his career, <laughs> against everybody else that he's around, he's like the elder statesman of the acting troupe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then we also get the... Uh, uh, this is where they first try to, like, poorly... Somewhere along this journey is where they first try to you know, show that she's uh, infatuated with Conan, the uh, the princess. And, uh, you know, she's asking Wilt Chamberlain about, or uh, Bombata, uh, if uh, yeah. if he's attractive or not. And she's like, I don't know. I've never seen a, a real man other than you. So they, they're, this like, is where they're, I have slept with 10,000 10, women. <laughs> I'm pre- I think I saw somewhere that he that Wilt Chamberlain said uh this is probably on their IMDb or Wikipedia page or something but I think Wilt Chamberlain said when they were on set he said if anybody's giving you problems let me know. He was kind of really protective of her cuz she was so young. Yeah. It probably saved her I for himself. Just... Oh. <laughs> Good god. Um I don't know that much about Chamberlain, but that doesn't surprise me. He, the only thing I know about him is that he's super tall and Bill Russell used to kick his ass like a rented yeah. mule. <laughs> <laughs> he he popularized the hook shot. I thought that was Kareem, man. Uh, I think Wilt 
did it too. Oh, I think the other okay. thing that Wilt did, like one of the other things he was known for was he briefly shot um, his free throws uh, underhand. Like, uh, you know, we call it granny shot. Yeah. Because statistically, you're better off. You you make statistically more free throws, but nobody does it because everyone will get made fun of. And he did it for a yeah. little bit, and then they kind of made fun of him so much that he started shooting the other way, much to the detriment of his uh, free. I'm pretty sure it could be someone else. Don't let me know if it was somebody else, and I'm confusing it. I don't know if he did granny style. A lot of people did granny style during his era. Yeah, because um, it was a it was a good idea because they wanted to make it. <laughs> they actually wanted the free points. They're called free throws. Yeah. I was, when Shaq couldn't hit him, Shaq was deadly with about a 12-foot hook shot. He had a little soft baby hook. And it was like, just shoot a hook from there if you can't hit the normal free throw. Just, just fucking do the shot you can make. It's not, you can't. And they're like getting coaches to try to get his form down. And it's like, he's too tall. His hands are too big. Let him shoot it fucking different. <laughs> it, it, well, if we could turn back time. Yeah, I think he did okay by the end of it. I think the main thing that Wilt was known for was he had that game where the other team didn't have a center and he scored 101 points. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. That seems like something you'll uh, uh, people will remember you for. Yeah, scoring the most points in a game ever. Yeah. Ooh, but and he could flat run at seven foot one. Like, he was gifted athletically. Even though he looks like a goon running in all of that armor and stuff that he has on, like here but it doesn't look that easy because you know the guy's fast he was it's like williamson when he played for the raiders when williamson was in movies those knees were done his <laughs> knees are done by this time but okay so the next thing that we get up to is i i say my favorite part of the whole movie which is the ice palace Yes, we get outside the ice palace, and she's like, I'm leading the mission. And he's like, lead it in the morning. <laughs> you need to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the ice palace, there's a very, like, I called him Winky the One-Eyed Wizard. <laughs> there's a very Ralph Bakshi-esque animation sequence here. Oh, yeah, where it just goes into a flat-out cartoon, the yeah. cartoon dragon. They, they couldn't even animate the dragon grabbing her. They could animate the... And then Mako calls it a bird later, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a pterodactyl. Hey, uh, you know what? It looked a lot better than anything in Kroll, so I was... It didn't bother me. Also true. So she's been captured by the wizard. They get up in the morning and they take the slowest boat ever over to the glass ice palace crystal rock thing. I can't even really tell what it is. With like a an oar sticking out of the back of it. Like how would you actually navigate a boat using one of those? Like it doesn't. Okay, so it works. Does That's it? just a rear paddle. And so what you do is you just swing it back and forth like it's a tail. And it creates propulsion, and when you want to turn, you lift it and only paddle one direction, like, to get the boat to point one way, and then you just go back and forth again. Well, I'm glad by the time I got in a boat, they had figured out better ways to do it. Yeah. With a vessel that large, though, it's probably a decent propulsion system, I suppose. And uh, when he when he's doing it, he's bonking uh, Malik in the back of the head, who doesn't seem to <laughs> notice. 
And they couldn't actually figure out how to film this on water, so this is rear projection, and it looks like hell. Yeah, it does. It really does. They make it into the ice palace, and the door's locked, I guess, but I'm just like, shit, there's not a door. And then the wizard does some, like, well-wishing or something, and he's like, you can get in by swimming down there. Uh, yeah, he should have pulled out one of those, what, one of those Y-pointed sticks, you know? Yeah. Like, but I guess because he's a wizard, those are uh, in his hand. Yeah, he can just tell where there's water because they're on a fucking lake. Yeah, watching this as a kid, I used to hold my see if I could hold my breath for as long as uh, they are under the water. Uh, and you can't. At least I can't. I'm sure some Navy SEAL or, or David Blaine could do it. but Pearl divers can do it for like seven minutes or some shit like that. Yeah. Doesn't make any damn sense. But I mean, they're all, you got to think also they're swimming with, uh, like, um, with swords and stuff. It's like, that's, this is going to cost some drag. This is not going to be an easy swim. No, it's not. Also, is it hot or is it cold in there? It's cold because they're breathing frost later. So they probably all die of hypothermia. Exactly. And no one's shaking. They're all wet and cold, but like the water seems to be steaming. So, like, I get it's one of those things that always perplexed me. I could not tell. I'm like, is it hot or cold in here? It looks cold. The water looks hot. I don't know what's going on. There's a dragon and a one eyed, red headed wizard. Wizard business is the answer, I, I suppose. And a super awesome miniature uh, giant staircase. Like, that thing's awesome. Yeah. So, they eventually make it into the center of the ice glass palace thing and Conan enters, but the door closes behind him and they're all trapped outside of the curtain room that turns into a mirror room. And then we get the awesome, uh, you know, the wizard appears in all of them. And then he, uh, you know, they all form into start walking in a circle until they form into one cloaked wizard who reveals himself to be, uh, some kind of monster. He's got a monster mask. This uh, this part of the movie has the best, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger noises. There's so many. The guy who plays this, Pat Roach, is the wizard, and I was like, okay, who's the wrestler that's got the mask on? Apparently, Pat Roach was also a professional wrestler in England. He's doing both parts, oh, wow. and this is just, like, there's, like, some of the worst wrestling moves, like, the, the two arms behind the back. Like, that doesn't actually work. There's the uh, the Iron Cross. He does the spinning him around by the legs, which yeah. is the best where he's like, Oh, uh, yeah. The shots from that, uh, they're beautiful. Oh, it's so good. And then, you know what? The monster itself is making, like, very Arnold noises. Yeah, and they're all the all of the rest of the Justice League is outside locked in the behind the glass one way mirror and they're like which one's making those noises I can't tell. And the I mean the funny thing is is that they're all sitting there they're trying to get the wizard to open the glass and then okay so here so when Arnold accidentally breaks one of the glasses after it turns out his sword just goes through him and then he realized that's what damages him, they all sit there and notice, oh, look, if he breaks the mirrors, 
it causes damage to this wizard, and then they all just sit there and wait. Yeah, they don't, like, oh, this is just glass. Let's break it with any of these weapons that we have at our disposal. No, that never happens. No, uh-uh. Even it, it, when it gets down to the last two mirrors, and he's got to decide which one to throw it into, you know, they don't just, like... You'd think that'd be the time that Bombata pulls out, you know, this giant spiked, uh, you know, spiked ball staff thing. I don't know what it's called, but... And a mace he, yeah, with a bird that's beak. That's what it is. Yeah, mace with a bird beak and spikes on it. Dude, yeah. that thing is awesome. I want that above uh, my fireplace. When you're saying that they don't know what he doesn't know which one to throw it into. Yeah. Well, Chamberlain's sitting there and goes, "I know which one to throw it into. Baskets and ladies." <laughs> but yeah, <sighs> so eventually he kills him. This part always freaked me out as a kid too cuz as the wizard comes out with the sword like stuck into him and like he's pulling it out and you can see that big hole in there, you know, where the sword was like I don't know. It always that part always kind of freaked me out as a kid. Not so much this my is, daughter. She was not freaked out by it. Huh. This is also the second instance where a good chat would have really fixed a lot of things. Because I feel like the wizard and Conan, if they had a conversation, would realize they'd have a common goal and then just kill Chamberlain. Yeah. Well, I mean, in classic human fashion, they just went... It escalated straight to a, a bloody uh, fight to the death instead of just going, having a simple like, hey, how are you doing? What do you want with this yeah. thing? He's like, I just want to see somebody touch it. Nobody's done it in 10,000 years. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is my buddy, Akiro. You guys should like have wizard chat and then they like learn some new tricks from each other. That'll be uh, the the remake that we do, where it's like Conan just goes through, and every scenario he just mediates his way through it, and never actually pulls his sword out and swings it. <laughs> Conan the mediator. Yeah. <laughs> but they okay, so they they get the jewel, and now the this part. You know what the funny thing is? Is this is the part that freaked my daughter out that I had to tell her what was going on, is uh, that the ice palace starts collapsing, yeah, and they're making their escape, and she couldn't watch it. It was too suspenseful for her, huh? So she had to turn to the side, and I had to describe what was happening. This is where I back up and tell two bad jokes that I wrote about okay. the <laughs> glass place. And one of them's not even really a joke. It's that, and this is the where the classic joke about hemophiliacs and glass houses comes in. But then they take the Red Riding Hood robe off of the Obi-Wan thing that's happened there to the wizard. Yeah. And there's just a pile of glass, which is the classic adage, wizards made of glass shouldn't live in glass pond castles. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's one more. There goes the crystal camp at the lake uh. Friday the 13th. Yeah, that was, that was the worst one. And I will say that this is the peak of the movie for me. I don't know. I think the actual peak, of the climax, I liked a little bit better than the wizard business. I, I've only seen this... When I was a kid, 
my revisit when I got the DVD and I watched it uh, all through and was like, boy, that first one's a whole lot better. And then today, which I actually kind of liked it better today than I did the last time I watched it. So I haven't seen it nearly as much as you, I don't think. Yeah, I I, uh, I watched this movie so many times. My parents bought it for me to save them money from renting it. They realized yeah. after months and months and months of me just renting the same movie every weekend and watching it religiously and then rewinding it and watching it again, they're like, you know what? I, if we just invest in buying this movie, since we've already paid for it to buy it like five or six times, like we'll just we'll save money and then we don't have to go rent any videos from the video store uh, and he can just watch this over and over again. Which is essentially what we I did, did with this movie, Star Wars, and U2's Rattle and Hum. Ah. <laughs> I had, uh, we, we came into one year, like, the VCR got somewhat affordable, and our first VCR was given to us for Christmas by my grandparents. And it came in conjunction, because they got one for everybody, because they were, like, a great model or whatever. I think it was a Panasonic. And then they gave us their old top loader at the same time because they lived up in the middle of nowhere and had a satellite dish, and that's how they pirated their movies. And so we would just record almost everything we ever rented unless it stunk. And on the long play where you got three movies on one tape. Oh, yeah. So we just had troves of movies at my house. Oh, yeah. I still have them. They're in the I, the hard plastic cases, and they're all labeled, and most of them have like the HBO thing at the beginning of it, because we had HBO for a little bit, and my mom literally recorded everything that came on HBO for like a year, and that was our movie library. Yeah, I uh, I gave all mine to Laura, and I bet she still has them. Yeah. So they go back, they're back at the forest where they find Mako, and they're attacked by the Queen's guards. Also, like, a little early, right? Like, aren't they a supposed to get the early. horn? Like, you gotta get the horn first. Yeah, this seems, like, premature. Also, like, just any of it, just let them do their thing. It's gonna be easier to double-cross them once they're all back in one place. Yeah. And She's really worried about Conan, I guess. But this is, I mean, there is a pretty cool battle scene here on horses and then a, you know, a duel between Conan and some elite guard. That's the Sven Ole Thorsen, his, his buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. From the first movie. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's who he is. And then uh, I wrote down my favorite part of this was Grace Jones's pole vault double leg kick. Awesome move. There's no way a guy on a horse with a sword could have seen it coming or defended himself from it. No, none <laughs> whatsoever. Also, she could have just thrown the spear at him and killed him right fast, pulled it out and killed somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of a, a lot of missed opportunities in this movie. Missed opportunities to murder someone that will eventually yeah. kill you. The Conan Svenole or Schwaz Svenole Thorson fight takes a really long time, and then uh, Chamberlain decides this is a good time to kill him. But the niece, princess, whatever the hell she is, is like, no, don't. And then he does a really bad job lying, and then they all go back to camp. 
and Conan decides, hey, this guy that just tried to double cross me and kill me, uh, maybe I should be a little cautious around him. And he goes, no, I'm going to get blackout drunk. Blackout <laughs> drunk. This scene is long. It's so long. It's it's this. It's so long, and they tr- this, they try to put jokes in there. You know, they, it's like the guy hitting on Grace Jones, you know, and she tells him off because he's rubbing too high on her thigh. It's a kind of weird and awkward. And uh, then there's the scene where you know she wants to learn to become a warrior, and Grace Jones is going to show her, and then he insults her, and he's like. You know, calls it a toothpick, and he's like, "You got to learn with a real weapon." And he does bad, like '80s uh, stereotype drunk uh, language, where somebody like wrote what it sounds like if you're drunk, but it doesn't actually sound like that if you are wasted. Although I will say, he yeah. does a pretty good job of like, you know, other than they do that, lot on your knife, yeah. not on your life, and it's like, oh, yeah, God. And let's be honest, too. If he would have swung that sword over and it would have hit Malik in the back of the head, that would have split the back of his head open. And he just yeah, kind of goes, ow. I wrote down Malik is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they he walks into Chamberlain and falls down and passes out. And the next morning, she's still, like, getting her uh, a sexual awakening towards uh, Conan and she's talking to everybody about the birds and the bees. And this scene is really long. Oh my God. Okay. I had a revelation during this scene, which is when Malik's explaining it to her. Okay. One, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. He does a pretty humorous job of explaining it. He's like, but uh, this is there. I had this moment where I was like, Oh my God. This is where Donald Trump got his line, his famous line, his grab him by the pussy line. Oh, yeah? Because Malik, he's like, he goes, he takes his, and then he grabs her by the, and they join. And I was like, oh, my God, there it is. Here's the origin of it. So I, I, if, you know, if you went into um, Donald Trump's movie collection, he probably has one movie, and it's this on DVD, and it's the only one that he watches. And he learned basically the birds and the bees from that speech that's my theory i'm sticking to it okay i'm i'll allow it it's the only other time in my life i've heard someone describe doing anything to a woman as you grab them by the and all he does is stop one word short and i'm like there it is there it is (laughs) Well, I will say that Malik did a lot better job than my PE teacher. Yeah, I mean, that's really... They should just show this scene to kids for sex ed, and that's it. That's all you need. Oh, they join. You join. Yeah. No, my PE teacher used a bat and a mitt, and she, like, really crammed it in there. And I'm like... oh. You're just supposed to tell us about how the parts work, not how we do it. And I'm pretty sure that's not how you do it. Turns out that's how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. That was a pretty accurate portrayal. I think it's like 
it's not the, you know, miracle of lovemaking that happens that first time or whatever. It's that, you know, when you're in college and you're doing a lot of drinking, it turns into the P.E. bat in the mitt. <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so that now we get to uh, the, the last thing where we got to use the jewel to get the horn kind of deal. Hey, I like the sets in this scene are awesome. They're fantastic. Dino recycle sets, uh, and they do a really good job refacing them, so you can always count on a Dino movie having some pretty decent sets. Yeah, they they look great. The whole, you know, all of the, uh, oh, we get the little, you know, Grace Jones is scared of the rat, and then she does the little, like, shrug, like, what? I don't know. I guess I'm scared of rats. She's like... How'd your daughter like that joke? Um, she thought it was funny. The joke she really liked... The one where she laughed out loud the hardest was the scene previous when Arnold goes to walk away and he runs into Wilt Chamberlain and he like, you know, hits his head and freezes and then falls over. It's like very cartoonish. That was by far her favorite joke. That was the the big hitter. Yep. That was uh, that was family fun movie joke number one. But this, uh, I, I love the room with the, uh, uh, you know, the, oh, also, I love them, like, lifting the door up, and it's just, like, gratuitous shots of them flexing. Uh-huh. And uh, they get the door up, they go in there. I love this room where she's got to put the jewel in, and she does a little thing, and the shitty flame comes out, and the mouth opens, and he's reading the thing on the wall, and he's like, hey... Maybe we shouldn't do this. Like, if this prophecy is correct, we're all going to die. And so is the rest of the world. Yeah. And Schwaz is like, oh, it's prophecies, whatever. He's like, yeah, but Valeria. That's one of those things, like, it's a, a pretty big oversight. It's like, hey, this thing says the entire world will be engulfed in uh, destruction and evil. He's like, hey, but I get my wife back. Yeah. And. He's like, Conan, it's not going to work. We both know that's not going to work. And he's like, it's okay. You know what we do. We just kill everybody when they, <laughs> they lie to us. It's fine. I mean, he if if that would have been the actual line, it would make sense because that is exactly what they do. Uh, no, they, they there's a there's a, a moment later that we'll get to that's the confirmation of what I just said. Uh, so they get, there's some okay visual effects here with her walking through fire and uh, getting the stone, putting it on the thing, getting the horn. And then they leave the room and there's a bunch of cultists, I'm guessing. Yeah. And this is a prime spot where in uh, the future remake Conan, the mediator, it's like the conversation starts out pretty good. You know, it's like, this could have turned another direction. You know, they're sitting there talking. He's like, yeah, you know, we keep this thing and we're going to be. It's like, well, hey, well, we're going to resurrect the guy. Why don't you just come with us? Like, they could have all just gone together with the horn, gone back to the palace. Well, yeah, but Akiro, uh, he goes up and he's like, oh, let me do the wizard negotiations. He's like, okay. And then <laughs> he, like, turns around and just gives him the shake, the head shake, like, nope, these are, nope, nope. We're well, going to have to murder the shit out of all these people. Yeah. And then you get the rad, like, dagger throwing where he hits the guy in the stomach. And he. <laughs> this, this is why he's never going to be going in the mediator. He's like, too much talking. <laughs> <laughs> he just knifes a dude. You know, 
if it might be a skill they should start teaching in real mediation. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so here's your mediator. Um you guys have a certain amount of time. If he gets too frustrated with you guys not being able to resolve this on your own, one of you is going to get a dagger thrown into your stomach. Mm. Okay, that's going to that's going to get some negotiations going a little bit faster. <laughs> Are you listening, Israel and Palestine? Oh. <laughs> Just saying, hey, it's time for new new creative approaches. <laughs> So after they kill like half of them, they have to make back into the keep or the little room with the monster head that opens up. They fall back into the monster head because she says there's a tunnel that leads out. But they always a back door. Yeah, but they also kill like 40 people in the meantime. Oh, yeah. They kill like half of them. And then we find out that the wizard has clacker gauntlets that he uses to get his men's attention. Yeah, and he's, he he uh, he taught them all sign language. Well, it's not only <laughs> sign language; he's just like move out of the way gestures, like get out of the way and let the wizard do this. I don't know that guy's he's pretty badass. Uh, ultimately, it culminates in wizard fight, which is awesome. It's it's a wizard fight. They just sort of do wizard faces, yeah. and Akira wins. Yeah, he eventually he 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 uh he cast the uh onion cutting uh spell <laughs> <laughs> and he can't concentrate anymore because his eyes are burning from chopped onions and uh and mm-hmm. it distracts him. Yeah, wizards just have staring contests and the the clacker guy blinked. So Akira wins, the door closes, they by this time though Chamberlain's taken Nisi Princess, whatever the hell her name is. And they're way ahead. So once Conan and Grace Zula, I guess is her name. Yeah. And Akiro, uh, they start making their way through the tunnel. Chamberlain is using his bird beak mace to cause a cave-in so that they can escape. And he hasn't really fulfilled his mission, but he's like, shit, this guy's hard to kill even when he's blind ass drunk in the middle of the woods yeah i mean because let's be honest if you were if you already made your move too early and then the guy gets blind ass drunk and you knock him out because he runs into you that's probably the time to pull out your sword and just like stick it in him yeah i feel like he he knows though that he's not gonna win a fight with zula either so maybe there is some like awareness in film there yeah maybe but yeah, so then they they make their escape, and he, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Had they just found the back entrance, they, you know, they could have just drilled in from the back, you know, just cut that hole in the wall. Had they known it was there, I guess it'd probably be hard to find that little hole that was uh, next to their horses. Yeah, right next to the horses. Right next to the horses. So they, you know, pick the rocks up enough to climb out and the you know there are a few probably an hour behind or whatever and this is the part that i was talking about that leads to we're like no just kill everybody and this this is kind of what i don't know what the exact dialogue is but it's basically okay conan i was right this is things like yeah let's go kill them all 
And uh, Malik's like, well, no, we don't want to do that. But Grace Jones, Zula, and Akira just like turn right to Conan and go, yep, let's do our thing. <laughs> and uh, and Malik does his thing where he's like, I don't want to do this. Can't we just like go run and hide or something? Yeah. And then eventually, you know, he realizes that they need him, which turns out they do. They do. Malik is, he's not even really cowardly. He's just reluctant. But, you know, whenever there's, there needs, whenever somebody needs some stabbing, he's Johnny on the spot. He, he does that cool, like, uh, stabs you from the sides. Like, on the, he just keeps stabbing the side of your, your guts. He stabs your kidneys and your liver yeah. so you die for, like, six hours. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, the weird thing is, like, when as they're arriving back at the castle, it's like there's a patrol up ahead of them, but the patrol's like thirty feet from them, and they stop, and they're like, "You don't think the patrol is gonna go? Hey, what are these guys doing? You no, know, they just ride by." But it, I think you can see the muscles from that far away. And they're like, "Should we go check those guys out?" He's like, "Fuck no, Pete! I don't want to <laughs> die today." But then we get to the. Uh, Oh, there is a back entrance, and they got to climb down through the waterfall. You get the whole, it's my sister's brother's brother's cousin. My cousin's sister's brother. My cousin's brother's sister? Yeah, whatever it is. Like, uh, you know. Sister's cousin brother. There's that while uh, while, uh, Arnold uh, goes gorilla on uh, the, the bars and just bends them open and that's superhuman strength right there. Yeah, well, you know. They're one-inch solid steel bars. He bends them like they're candy. Well, the candy canes would break. He bends them like they're something that's highly bendable. Rubber, which they sure. were. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, that leads us, I mean, barring a couple of uh, sneaking in. Oh, we get the ceremony. The ceremony music as they're preparing for the sacrifice. I love it. Lifted from the first one. It was also lifted from the first one. Hey, are you going to watch Jurassic Park 2 and tell me they're not going to use the soundtrack from Jurassic Park 1? Or Indiana Jones 2? Are you going to tell me they're going to write such a great score that you're not going to use the theme for Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom? I think in Indiana Jones 2, Williams like keeps the theme, but then there's movie-specific music that is different than the first one. Yeah, there was also probably a larger budget. This thing cost 18 million fucking dollars, Tyler. Uh, it looks like it. The, the, that's, a, the, the, that's a lot for 1984. I know, but like the horse stunts in this movie are what they wanted to do in Kroll and uh, failed at miserably. The horse stunts in this one are pretty good. The double fall at the beginning of the movie where the two horses nose into the ground and yeah. probably had to be shot later. That got pulled from the English version. They wouldn't they wouldn't put that shot in the uh European. What? What's wrong with the Europeans? Like they can't they handle don't like a watching couple... animals die on screen. Well fuck them, because that's a great shot. That's the one where he grabs the net and holds back on it. Yeah. Two horses that are running, so they fall over. No, that's... No. I can't can't preach it enough. This movie is 
the textbook for the ineffectiveness of nets in battle. <laughs> I love it. Also, to go back to that scene real good, there's one where they're like coming with the double net and he like takes a swing at it like he's going to cut it in half, but they cut it before like it, what inevitably happens is he just gets clothesline. He gets his feet taken out from underneath of him. Yeah. You know, he goes to slice the net in half and the net doesn't slice. He just pushes it down. You can't cut rope necks with plastic swords. Well, I'll uh, I'll I'll make note of that. And apparently the props guys couldn't be bothered to make a net that looked real that would break yeah. for that, so Yeah. Well, they should have given the props guys a little bit more money. What who got the eighteen million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> he wasn't that much of a draw at that point. We'll, we'll get back to that when I get to questions, actually. Okay, so where are we? We're at the ceremony. The ceremony's happening. They're sneaking in the back. Oh, and then we do get, okay, probably the battle we've all been waiting for, because you know it's going to happen from the very beginning of the movie, that Wilt Chamberlain and Arnold Schwarzenegger are going to square off. I really like this battle because at first Malik and uh, Zula, they hang out like he's just going to kill this guy real fast, or maybe he needs help or something. We'll just dispatch him quickly. And then they start fighting and Conan's like, go save the girl. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, they hop, they hop right to, they're like, Sweet. He wants this guy for himself, I guess. We can be effective. We are effective battlers. Yeah. They and they would have had Conan way earlier in the fight had like she just hit him in the back with the stick, you know, and then Malik could have thrown one of his daggers. They could have been done with this guy so fast. But you know what? Wouldn't have looked as good on screen had they been efficient. Just wouldn't have played as well. Wouldn't have played as well. And Conan wanted I think Conan's a little He's a little beefy right here. He's got a beef now. And as I said, this is when it starts going according to the usual plan for the team, which is, fuck them, let's just kill them all and take their shit. And he also Mike Tyson's him. Yes. Yes, he does. At the point that Chamberlain is unable to win, he bites his fucking ear off, and then Conan takes his knife from him. And stabs him to death with it. And it stabs him a few more times. Really kills the shit out of him and is like, I bit my ear off. No. Uh, it's a great death scene. It's like this slow, he's bleeding out slow. He's going to try to choke him, even though he's like, get, you know, bleeding out profusely. But then he goes down. And by this time, we've got a monster, which is. Oh, wait, no, because before the monster, like, we find out that. Once they put the horn on, once it starts to move around, that's when you have to do the sacrifice. Otherwise, something bad's going to happen as far as the uh, demon god coming to life. It's not going to go right. Um, Zula and Akiro and Malik have made their way into the throne room. And there's a part where it looks like Akiro's like, okay, it's a wizard. I'll deal with the wizard business. And Grace Jones is just like... I can also deal with wizards. And he's like, how are you going to do that? And she fucking throws a spear right through him quicker than shit. He is dead. 
And then they basically just spend the rest of the time standing on top of the stairs, just watching. Yeah, because like, what are we? What else are you gonna do? Uh, like, they're like, well, the wizard with the knife is clearly dead. They're like, hey, uh, maybe we should wait for Conan before we uh, decide if we're gonna take on this monster or not. Well, the monster isn't really come to monster fruition. It's taking a long time. Like uh, it yeah. was supposed to become he's a, a he's sexy the, man. Yeah, he's in the Play-Doh section right now. And that's my note is that I guess if you don't perform the sacrifice, he gets gooey. Well, it's something for all of us to learn. Make sure you get the sacrifice done on time. On time. Also, with them standing up there, they're just like, we really should... This is how we usually play this. We're going to let them scatter around, then we're just going to take all the shit that looks like it's expensive, and we're going to leave. Unless that monster becomes something, and then we're going to go get Conan, because he does most of the heavy lifting. Uh, In fact... Uh, the, the 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 thing about the monster battle, like that's perplexing, is depending on what angle you're at, he's either twenty feet tall or seven feet tall. Yeah. So the monster turns into an actual like the statue that's the sexy man's that was gonna like hornbone the queen or whatever. He instead turns into a gruesome sea monster. Yeah, that's a good way. Would to you describe like it? to know? Yeah. Who is in the gruesome sea monster suit? Yes. None other than one Andre the Giant. Oh, no way. Yep. That's awesome. It is awesome. That's another acting credit for him. So Conan gets in there and he's like, oh, shit. That's a, that's a. Oh, shit. The big fucking monster. And uh, how does he kill? He kills the queen. Right? Yeah, he throws the queen into the monster and the monster sticks gives a horn her what she her wanted. Now. Yep. But just puts it in the wrong place in her heart. Tosses her to the side and she's done. And uh, the I guess she's a fucking princess. How do Nieces are princesses? Is that the thing? Is that is that the thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'll save we, that for later. They, I mean, they just kind of imply it, I guess. Be, you know, like it's a royal so family kinda, thing, and I don't really follow it. So she kind of like wanders off to the side to see how things are going to play out. Conan starts fighting uh, the monster. He's slashing the piss out of it. It takes damage, but his his. Uh, his hit points are really high, and he's like, we need more DPS. <laughs> and, you know, everyone takes a little shot at it. Grace Jones, you know, does a little uh, a little slicing with her stick, which she must have. We didn't see it, but she went and got out uh, from the wizard because it's yeah, she, still stuck in him. She's like probably on the cutting room floor, which it wasn't. The wizard's like sitting there. And she's like, hey, I need that back. Wink. <laughs> then uses it to stab the monster in the back. Probably and, bonus damage there. He's down to about half hit points right now. And then uh and then right right when he's got Conan and it looks like all is lost, Malik throws the knife right into its mouth, which is pretty cool and gross and Yeah. Doesn't I'll like th- that, so it lets Conan go. For a giant monster, it has a tiny mouth. 
Yeah, it does. I, maybe it's a vegetarian demon sea monster. <laughs> hey, What's your favorite food? What is the plankton? Dagoth. And Dagoth is like got a classic English dictionary. He's like, I very much like to eat grapes. <laughs> Um, Akiro, the wizard's like, the horn is the source of his power. And then Conan gives him a look like, fuck, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is really like a, a fucking video game raid. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so he finally jumps on his back and just rips, just caveman rips the horn right off of his head. Oh, and it's so awesome. It is pretty fucking awesome. And... It falls down the stairs. The stairs give it the, the rest of the damage it needs to go down. It's got really gross-looking pea soup green blood that comes out. And then Conan, like, throws... This is a part where I'm, like, going to read between the lines extracurricular what happens in the movie next. He, like, looks specifically where he's going to throw this horn. And then, like, tosses it and picks his sword back up and then looks back up at it. Because I think what's happening here is, like, ah, I'm going to wear that later. Because it's like, that's a fucking, what's that around your neck, Conan? It's demon horn. <laughs> Fuck, you're a badass. Yeah. So, and then he just goes and stabs his dead body a couple times because it pissed him off. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like when they're stabbing it at the end, the monster looks like it shrank. It's like, this is, this monster is tiny compared to the other one. Yeah, maybe like they pull the horn off and it like it shrinks. It, it, yeah, he had like times two bonus size when he was enraged. Yeah, with the horn. Yeah, and it's just not working anymore. Yeah, but and then for the final scene, we get the uh, uh, the Star Wars medallion slash uh, triumph of man scene in the courtyard of uh, you know they all get upgraded, they all get given positions. Hey. What do you, here's a movie in 1984 that gives a female warrior the head position of Captain of the Guard. This movie's ahead of its time. Yes, it's, because this is really like, uh, the Malik becomes the fool, uh, Zula becomes the Captain of the Guard, Akiro becomes the court wizard, and Conan could be the king. And he's like, I don't bang 14-year-olds. <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> he's got to find his own kingdom. And it's my own queen. And that's the end of the movie. And we get the classic, you see the King Conan that we never we never get and never will. Nope. The story that is coming next, I guess. And the troubled brow and all that. And then the movie's over. And you're like, what happens next? Also, Conan looks like he was really depressed to become a king and have his own kingdom and his own queen. He just looks sad. He is sad because he realizes that his favorite pastime was murdering monarchs and taking <laughs> all their shit. So this is what happens, I think, in the story world of the movie next. Is they're like, okay, yep. And then she goes to bed. They like her. They're not going to murder her. But they're like, let's steal our shit, make off. Conan's just a few miles outside of town, and he's waiting there, and he's like, you get all their shit? 
Like, yeah, we got all of it. Cool. And then they go on and do more Conan shit. Because I can't imagine a Conan story world without Akiro being his buddy. It's just like that guy holding a solid job. Any of those three holding a solid job? Kiss my ass. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, Grace Jones probably does pretty good. She gets If she tries to do that job, she doesn't get to kill enough people. She has to teach too many people shit. There's administrative duties, and she's like, fuck this. I'm going to go back to murdering monarchs and taking their shit. That's probably true, because she, she was raiding a village uh, when we first meet her. That's what she was doing. They were coming in to raid the village and kill people. Unsuccessfully. Yeah, take their shit. Well, she's got a better team now. So. Yeah, they got more money. You, meet. Yeah. That night, meet. You know, three miles outside of town. Bunch of shit. Go sell it. Buy cooler gear. Go murder some more monarchs. <laughs> take that shit. Cooler gear. This is a good raid squad. Yeah, it's, it's uh, again, it's it's the Justice League. It's the all. Except for the fact the that they're murdering team. people. They're the Injustice League because yeah. they're murdering people and stealing their shit. <laughs> do you have questions? Well, I, do I have a question about the movie? Yeah, like about the movie or about the story world of the movie that is unresolved. Uh, no, I basically get everything that I need from it. Guy with sword who's badass, does a bunch of badass stuff. Foils all the things that are coming against him, kills a god, and then, uh, yeah, he wants to go find his own kingdom, and he eventually finds it that they allude to. It's like what they they wrap it all up at the end. There's no like rise of Skywalker where I'm wondering like, yeah, but what about this? How did this happen? Where did that come in? What about this thing they alluded to? You know, they wrapped it all up neatly and put a bow on it, and I'm 100% satisfied. I have sort of a question answer why wasn't there a conan 3 this made enough money didn't they did like a half ass uh thing that looked like it was conan continued but it wasn't and it isn't that red yes. sonia that is the correct answer tyler because I don't I don't know why or what the story is behind it. So this is the story. The story is Dino. And his ideas like, oh, let's make this PG thirteen, it'll make more PG, it'll make more money. Oh, let's do this, it'll make more money. Oh, I saw this thing at uh I saw a line of people, like the director Richard Fleischer, his last movie is called The Million Dollar Mystery for Dino. It's a trash bag, glad trash bag contest movie tie-in. That's how he ends his career working for Dino is doing this movie, Red Sonia, and a trash bag movie tie-in that Dino saw a line of people and he's like, these people must be buying tickets to my movies. That's the only reason there's a line of people. He finds out they were buying lottery tickets. He then finds out he cannot make lottery tickets and sell them so he has no access to this line of people so he comes up with the glad trash bag movie tie-in contest to try to get the lottery line in line to buy tickets to his movie he also had mismanaged schwarzenegger's contract wasn't paying him nearly what he would get later and burned up his contract 
with Schwaz on Red Sonia and Raw Deal. And when he goes to make Conan 3, Schwaz is like, I'm not working for you again. Ever. It sounds like the kind of business decision I would make. <laughs> yeah, it's a you know it's a bummer because it's definitely primed to have at least one more. You know, there should be a Conan trilogy, and there wasn't. And I don't think we're ever going to get it because when they tried to reboot Conan with uh, is it Jason Momoa? Isn't Jason Momoa Conan? Yeah, it didn't. He wasn't as hot. If Jason, if they did that, if Jason Momoa gets as hot as he is right now, that shit probably does half a billion dollars and we get our three Conans. It's the beard. He needs the beard. I disagree. Because I, I don't know. I don't really care. He doesn't look as did good without that? the beard. Uh, I did see it and I cannot tell you a single thing about it or anything that happens in it. That's how forgettable it was to me. Oh, I have a differing. I really liked it. I thought it was super fun, and I thought he displayed like what he usually did. What Momoa usually displays is that an actor who's willing to learn a lot to do the movie because his sword work was fantastic. You know, the other thing is, is like sometimes I smoke a lot of pot, and so I'll watch a movie and I just I'll immediately forget everything about it, even if I liked it. But it's been long <laughs> enough since I've seen it that. Uh, Especially back then, because it was what? That came out in 2012, some, 2010, something like that. somewhere around there. 11, 12. Yeah. That was, I was probably at peak weed smoking then. And okay. uh, so if I did watch anything, I was so high, I immediately forgot it. I was not. I, I, I was, I haven't. So it's, uh, I liked it a lot. I actually liked it so much, I watched it twice. Well, maybe I'm going to have to watch it again. I really liked it, and I was really sad that it didn't do, because I looked at the numbers, and I was like, by the numbers, they aren't touching this again with him. It gets rebooted in 10 years, and I was like, shit, this could have been a good, finally getting into the comic book end of Conan, where the really crazy shit happens. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like something I'm into. Like, I don't, for some reason, I, I just, I watched it and I don't remember feeling anything one way or another about it. It's also a rare instance of Rose McGowan on screen and me not hating it. Oh, she's in that too. See, all I know is when I, when I looked up Conan to watch this movie, I saw that one. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There was a Conan. I was like, oh, that was Jason Momoa. I don't remember that. I remember at the same time they made a video game, Conan, and it was awful. I have no idea what that is. Nobody does, because it's awful. They made a yeah. game that should work. You're a barbarian. You have a sword. You kill a lot of people. And somehow uh, they made like a terrible game. I think I got past the first level, and I was like, well, I'm not going to waste my time with this. Like. Was it Wizards and Warriors where you had the line of people that you could switch back and forth through? I think so. Yeah, something like there. And there were so many other games that are just so much better with a sword. It was like, why would I play this garbage just because it says Conan on it? Well, those were all based on probably the Conan lore and not the Conan movies that they didn't have to, you know, they could just steal all that cool shit for the game and not use the name. And then 
the Conan property is like, well, we have to make it like the movie, and then it ends up like E.T. the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ends up uh, a massive failure that's uh, buried in a dump out in the desert in Arizona or New Mexico or somewhere, wherever it is. Something like that. I tried to play E.T. the game. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible to understand what you're supposed to do. It makes absolutely no sense. You walk around and you either fall in a hole or a guy comes up and catches you like with a flashlight and and then the game's over. It's like it's it's impossible. <laughs> Final recommendations. Uh it's your movie so you will go second. I last week because I have like my I you know, I told Tucker this that um I only pick one that you have to rent. When I'm like sort of basically saying this is absolutely something you have to rent. I going into this was like, oh, I don't think this is one that I can be like, you have to rent this. Watching it again after a 10 year absence and a revisit, I had a lot more fun with it this time around than the last time I watched it. And I watched it like right on the tails of the first Conan. And they're just such different animals that you probably shouldn't do that. I don't know that I can give... I, I would say that if this is readily available to you, definitely revisit this fun. It's fun. If you've got uh, Prime, the premium, do it. If you've got HBO, do it. If you've got Hulu, do it. If you don't already have any of those, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, you should fork out the cash for this, unless you're somebody that already forks out cash for renting movies all the time, and I'm like, yeah, do it. So that's where I'm at. I'm not necessarily like you definitely need to spend four dollars on watching this movie, uh, but I would say that it is a fun revisit. It was three ninety nine to rent. It was well worth it. I have not seen this movie in probably a decade or more, if not longer, and I loved every moment of it. I watched it with my daughter. She made it the whole way through. And wasn't like going, I want to watch something else. She was engaged. I was engaged. Had a great time. This is like your classic 80s action movie. It's got a, a very basic thin plot. There's lots of action. There's lots of killing people. It could have been gorier, but you still get to see heads flying. There's blood splatter. Uh, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in there. There's some good one-liners. Like... I don't know if I, I, again, I think that literally Zack Snyder's justice league took the plot of this and just adapted it to the characters of the flash and wonder woman. And I don't know who else is in that. There's like some robot guy. And was, was there one more character? And I think this is a far better version of it. It's less money. (laughs) It's half as long. And it's uh, it's at least ten times as good as uh, as, as Justice League. All right, uh, yeah, I was very surprised that I was going to like it because I always referred to it as Conan the Babysitter, <laughs> because that's versus the first one, and I, I think that's a, another strong caveat on if you're going to spend the four dollars on this, don't watch the first one first. They're so different. If you so, I saw him the opposite order where this is the this was my introduction to Conan, and then when I went back and watched Conan the Barbarian, 
it was maybe like a little bit heavier for me as at being such a young young lad that mm-hmm. I I didn't learn to respect Conan the Barbarian until uh, a, a a little bit more of an adult age. Yes, because Conan the Barbarian is arguably a good film. Whereas Wait, this are, is are just a saying- fun time. Uh, I think this is a great film. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it has everything that I want in there, including uh, a, a runtime. The runtime is perfect. It doesn't overstay in any location for too long. Uh, maybe the uh, the scene around the campfire is a little too long, but it's it's not bad. It's like basically okay, so the I'll- only character development you get in the entire movie, so... I'll pose this question to you. Did you watch, after I pose the second question, did you uh, watch Ice Pirates? Not since I was a kid, no. Oh, damn. I thought because the between the storylines of the movie or the podcast actually is that we ended up doing Ice Pirates because we posted that we were going to. It was actually Tyler's pick and he couldn't do the program because of various reasons. And uh, we had the most fun like the way you're describing this movie is exactly how i would describe ice pirates so right. i think you need to watch ice pirates and then when you come back on we'll we'll pose the question which which one is more for you conan the destroyer or ice pirates okay because uh i noticed when i was looking through movies today that the ice pirates popped up i was like what the hell i was like oh my god i made that pop up because i was about ready to watch it the last time but yeah yeah all right that's encouraging. There was almost this part of me that just I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to go back and see it because I have this like good memory in my mind of that movie as a kid, but I don't remember a whole lot from it. But that's very encouraging that uh, I need to go back and uh, revisit the Ice Pirates. If we had not done the show remotely. I feel like Justin and Jackie and I would have done jumping high fives after it was over. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'm, I definitely got to go and see it again. It's it's queued up. I've got it. Like, All right. I, it's, not, it's not like it's... I don't know if that one ended up on a streaming thing either, if it's on some streaming thing, but I procured a copy of it. Yeah, I think it's streaming, and I have a copy of it that my friend borrowed from me like 15 years ago. I'm going to go to his house and shake his ass down so I can have it back, but uh, either way, that is this week's program for Tyler. I am Sam. Uh, Tyler, give us a get to the chopper. Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper!